What's up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to another Review Point podcast coming to you from fanboysanonymous.com. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango, and if you can't tell by the title, what I'm going to be talking about here is Glass. Now, I will specify here, I'm not just going to be talking about Glass. I'm going to be talking about Unbreakable and Split, and there will be a section of this that is a spoiler section, but we're going to kick things off first with the non-spoiler section. So if you're watching this on YouTube, then the section that just says glass on the left-hand side, that's going to be the non-spoiler section. That's probably going to dive into about midway through here uh, before we switch over to the spoilers. But, you know, uh, I'll also give you a warning on a verbal sense. Uh, if you're on iTunes and Stitcher, then I don't know when you have to skip, but uh, <laughs> just in general, if you haven't seen Unbreakable and Split and Glass and you don't want to know what happens, then once we get into the spoiler territory, then, uh, you know, that's uh, what you need to be aware of. So anyway, um, with the way that I want to break down Glass is essentially the same as I normally do here. I'm going to be talking about the things I like, the things I didn't like. Those are hits and misses. Forewarned, I'm probably not going to be talking about a whole lot of misses here because I like the movie, which kind of spoilers, uh, spoilers, kind of spoils how I'm going to be approaching this. But in general, too, normally what I like to do is I like to review these movies pretty much as soon as I get out of the movie theater. I usually hang around with my friends and talk about the movie a little bit, get their opinions about things, kind of weigh in on a couple other things. This time around, didn't get the opportunity to record this until about a day and a half later if not two days later. And to be honest, that hasn't really changed my opinion about the movie. I pretty much feel exactly the same way that I felt afterward. So you're still going to get essentially my first impression. Um, but yeah, I have had a little bit of time to think about some different things and maybe that skews it in some way. I don't know. Whatever the case may be, you're going to get my opinion about it here. And I doubt that I'm really going to change my mind about this movie. Uh, going into this, let me preface it by saying my thoughts on Unbreakable. Uh, the Sixth Sense, I should say, actually, was a movie that I saw and I was impressed by the twist. And I had rewatched part of it before and it didn't hold up and I ended up shutting it off because I was like, you know what? Once you know the twist, it's just not as good. Unbreakable is a movie that I had seen and I liked a lot. And I had watched it maybe one other time since it had came out. And I rewatched it recently to prepare myself because if you haven't seen Split, Split is the second part of this trilogy. Now, Split is actually the third, uh, no, the fourth of the M. Night movies that I had seen. I had seen uh, Sixth Sense and I had seen Unbreakable and I didn't watch any of the other ones except for Signs. To be perfectly honest, the only reason I had seen Signs was because I really like Scary Movie 3, and they make fun of Signs, and I wanted to see what they were making fun of and everything. So I didn't like Signs. And then I had heard about all these other things, like Lady in the Water and The Village and The Happening and all this, and they all looked terrible. And everybody was talking about how they were garbage movies and all that, so I never saw a reason to see any of them. And then Split came out, and Split seemed interesting to me before I even knew that it was an M. Night movie. So I gave him the benefit of the doubt, and I said to myself, well, you know what? If that looked like it was good before I knew that it was M. Night, maybe I'm going to see it anyway. And the worst that could happen is I feel like I wasted my time, and I wasted a little bit of money on seeing it, and 
it can't be so horribly bad that I'm going to be, you know, terribly upset about it. But then I started to hear that Split was really good. And then I started to hear that the ending was really shocking. And I was like, oh, this is really divisive. A lot of times when people go, I don't know, you know, whatever. A lot of people did that with The Last Jedi and then didn't work out in The Last Jedi in my mind. So Split comes around. I'm enjoying Split. It gets to the ending and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, wow, you know what? This sounds kind of like Unbreakable music. And then the reveal happens and I'm like, oh, fuck. I like this movie so much better now. And rewatching Unbreakable and Split to lead up to Glass I still feel like Unbreakable is the more enjoyable movie for me personally, but Split is probably the better movie for most people. And I was really excited for Glass. Uh, it was, I believe, in my top six of the year for the six flicks picks for 2019. If it wasn't, it might have been just shy of that, but I'm almost positive that it's either number six or maybe even number five, actually. I don't know. Uh, it's a movie that I was going into with similar but not the same expectations as I do with like the Marvel movies where the Marvel films now and the DC films and some different things like that, I go into these with a lot of investment because I'm a big fan of certain franchises. You know, the next Bond movie that comes out, I'm going to go into it really, really hoping that it's great. By this point, I really like the Mission Impossible movies, so I'm going to go into that one expecting that it's going to be great. And the Marvel movies, you know it's going to be great, so Captain Marvel is going to be awesome, Endgame is going to be great, whatever. M. Night is sort of like, uh, I don't know, he could do something really cool, he could do something really awful, and the way that Unbreakable and Split went down, I was really big fans of them, and uh, so I really kind of assumed I would really like Glass, and I did. Glass, I think, is probably the second best one for me. I would probably say Unbreakable and then Glass and then Split, but that's only because of the fact that I'm not the biggest horror fan. So if Split uh, were more along like the comic book side of things, then I'm sure that I would like that better and everything. But just the fact that it's a thriller, horror type of movie doesn't mean that I disliked it because I like Split. I like it a lot. And uh, Glass is kind of more along the same parallel as Unbreakable is rather than Split. So if you go into the this movie liking Split better, you might be disappointed and you might wish that it was more of the horror side of things. But at the same time, I got a feeling if you liked Unbreakable and you like Split, you're going to like this. So keep that in mind too. Uh, non-spoiler thoughts about this movie. Um, Acting-wise, I thought... Bruce Willis finally kind of like stepped up his game a little bit from what he's been doing recently. I liked him in that. Samuel L. Jackson didn't have a ton to do, but at the same time, what he did do, he sold me on. It Actually, the person who sold me the most on this movie was Spencer Treat Clark, who plays Joseph Dunn, David Dunn's son, Bruce Willis's kid. And, uh, that's not to undersell James McAvoy because James McAvoy, of course, is doing a dozen roles and he's doing them very well. And you can tell that like when he switches over to Dennis, that his scowl on his face changes and then you switch over to Hedwig and he's funny and he's, you know, going all over the place with that kind of stuff. So he's he's the standout. But the one who surprised me the most was Spencer Tree Clark. And um, it's a small group of people, but they all do what they're supposed to do. 
Anya Taylor-Joy doesn't feel like she's somebody who is just popping up because she was in the other movie. She feels like she serves a purpose to it, and she feels like she's still Casey from the other movie. Sarah Paulson's character, Dolly, uh, Dr. Ellie Staple, she plays her part very well. Um, even the orderlies, like, they're nothing special. They're nothing to really, like, remember, but they do their parts. And acting-wise, gets a check for me. It's a hit. As far as story goes, really was a big fan of the story. They kept it simple. They made it to where it was identifiable in a lot of different ways. And they didn't reach so far that it became ridiculous, but they, at the same time, they still reached in a couple different ways. So I thought it was a risk that wasn't risky, I guess you could kind of say. Uh, that's a hit for me. Visual effects, not a lot of visual effects needed in this movie. Some things were a little bit strange. Um, there's a shot that you can see in the trailer where... Uh, James McAvoy and Bruce Willis go out of a window and it's like all foggy that I wasn't a big fan of, but really for the most part, the rest of the movie, the special effects were good. The music was not as good as unbreakable, but I still have no complaints about it. It's more of a meh middle range kind of thing that it is an actual hit, but no misses. Uh, what else we have here? Um, humor. Not all that humorous, I'll admit. Uh, it's not supposed to be. So if it would have been laughable, then that would have been a mistake. Romance, there's not a whole lot of romance on here. Um, when you go into this movie, you you sort of know the tone of what you're going to be getting. And I feel like anybody who goes into this having seen the trailer and having seen Unbreakable and Split... They shouldn't be disappointed with what they get as far as the tone and the texture and the way that this movie's crafted. Uh, you might be disappointed with how the story goes. And I've heard a lot of people that don't really necessarily like some of the twists and stuff. And of course, I'll get into that. I personally like them. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think that if you're the type of person that is interested in this movie and you've seen the other two, I don't think that you're really, for the most part, going to be disappointed. And I'm going to leave off on this point when it comes to the non-spoiler section of that. So uh, from this point on, as I said, spoilers. So if you have not seen the movie and all that, stop listening and all that stuff. So uh, anyway, let's talk about some of the twists and turns and specifics about the movie. Since the end of Unbreakable, you kind of can assume David has been going around doing some super heroic stuff and not being, you know, Superman. He's not going out there and saving kittens and putting on a public face, but I liked that because it's a little bit more realistic that he wouldn't be doing that because who's going to go out there and really just kind of put a target on themselves like that. Um, I really liked the touch that he was still doing that though, because I went into the movie kind of anticipating two things. I kind of thought, there's a chance that he's been doing this all this time and that he's just kind of still in the shadows or Robin Wright Penn is not in the movie or she's not Robin Wright Penn anymore. I'm so used to referring to that Robin Wright is not in the movie anymore. And maybe that that means that they got a divorce and maybe she died and that he just like stopped 
doing this at this point. Uh, I was leaning more towards the idea that she had died and that he was like, you know what, uh, I don't want to do this anymore because I couldn't save her. And then this gets him out of, you know, that kind of slump. But I like that they they did a couple little things here. I I would have been okay if they would have put her in the movie and if she would have just been another character in it. But to be perfectly honest, I think that she wouldn't have had any kind of real contribution to the movie and it works better as her not being alive anymore, especially because she had died from, I think, like leukemia or something. So he wouldn't have been able to help. And he's older. Uh, Bruce Willis is, let me double check. I think he's like 62 or something. And um, he's at that age range where... I still bought into the idea that he could be going out there as a superhuman and doing these kind of things. Okay, he's 63. Uh, where he wouldn't seem like, you know, um, uh, who's somebody who's like really, really like, uh, you know what? I don't want to call out any actors that I would think would be too old for it, but, you know, somebody who is too old to be able to play a superhero type part. Bruce Willis is still in shape and everything like that, so. That was good. Um, I, I like the idea that she had passed away and that over these years, he's still doing that. And if anything, that he's probably just throwing himself into that because what else is he going to do? I like that he's running his own security business. That was a nice little touch. I like that they had uh, a multitude of different names that they had given him over the years, the tiptoe man and the green guard and all this other kind of stuff. Because if he didn't specify what he wanted to be called, then they can just keep giving him different names. And the overseer is a fun name too. I loved that Joseph was full blown helping him with this and not somebody that he had been estranged from him or, you know, it was sort of like, well, we don't talk to each other now that the mom had died or, you know, anything like that. I love that they were a team and he was like his Alfred and that was fantastic. I really loved the touch that they had where it hadn't been too long since Split for this to make it seem like why did he wait for, you know, three years or whatever it was to start hunting down Kevin Wendell Crumb? And it was, I think it was three weeks or so. So he's been looking for this guy and that's good. That was, you know, they're hunting down, looking at leads and different things like that. I really enjoyed that. Uh, I like that when, uh, I'm assuming that it was Patricia that probably rounded them up, but maybe it was Dennis. And with Dennis, it would make sense too, because Dennis is kind of like predatory. He or she, whatever the case may be, that they took for good looking cheerleaders to try to be like, you know, you're not pure, like all the other kind of things like that. Um, I like that they went right into the idea that when they got caught by Ellie Staple, that she knew that it was David and that she had done her research behind all these people and everything like that. And uh, another hit for me is that they didn't have Elijah in some kind of a a role where he was like, I guess, see, it works for like X-Men. When X-Men has Magneto in a specialized prison, then yeah, he needs to be. And when they use the specialized prison things for these people, you know, the, the lights for Kevin and the water system tank for David, 
you didn't need that when it comes to somebody with brittle bones. And if they would have had some kind of thing where like he's in a glass room, I would have been like, oh, come on, this is kind of ridiculous. But they did incorporate some different things here and there by making the two other ones different. So that was cool. I loved that Casey in this movie felt sympathetic towards Kevin and that she kind of understood everything. I like that they threw that one line out there that shows that she got her uncle arrested. I don't quite love the way that Pierce and Daryl, the two orderlies, were throughout the movie. They they were kind of my least favorite characters. Not for any particular reason. I just thought that they weren't really dynamic enough. And maybe it's the actors. Maybe it's the material that they were given. They kind of fell flat for me, I have to admit. I would have really liked to connect with them a little bit more. I thought it was funny that M. Night popped up again as Jai, the character from before and a character from Split. So now we know that he likes Hooters and he was a drug dealer and now he's a security guard. So, hey, look at that. He's turned his life around. That's really kind of neat. <laughs> that was so stupid, but I liked it. I liked seeing a couple more personalities from James McAvoy. He had Jade this time around and he had... Uh, uh, what was the name of the professor one? I can't remember. Mr. Pritchard. I think that that's, uh, the one that was on here. I liked that whole switching back and forth between those. I liked how Hedwig was, you know, there's a part of the movie. If you have seen the movie, of course, then you would know where he's like, do you like Kevin now? When he saw that Casey was holding his hands and stuff. Uh, I liked that there were a couple twists and that it wasn't just at the end that Ellie, had been, you know, fooling them the whole time and everything like that. Twist wise, let's go twist, uh, twist by twist. So it starts with the idea that, uh, Kevin, his dad died on the same train. And that makes a lot of sense. And that was something that as soon as split showed that it was unbreakable, when I started thinking about it, I was like, you know what? The train, you know, he left on a train, the big train thing was the first part of the first movie and all this other kind of stuff. So it would have made sense. And of course, you know, that was like the easy one to call. Uh, the thing about Ellie being part of a clandestine organization that's tracking down people with superpowers did not see that one coming. So that was interesting. And I'm really curious what we could call them, like the Black Clover people or, you know, whatever the case may be like that. I thought that, that was really cool. I like that they didn't really give you that much information about them because they couldn't kind of fill in the blanks or you can kind of fill in the blanks for what they are. If you want, like, are they a part of the CIA? Are they a part of something above the government? Are they not affiliated with the government at all? There's just kind of like some secret society type thing. How do they have so much influence? When did this start? How many people have they killed over the years? Who else have had powers? that maybe are like famous people or, you know, I always like it when superhero things talk about stuff like, I'll give them credit for this thing. On the Transformers movies, they do a decent job of trying to try in, tie in different things in the past, like Chernobyl or the pyramids. It comes off a little bit hokey sometimes, but I like that kind of stuff to a certain extent. And I wish that we could know a little bit more like, you know, is that why they killed Kennedy? Is this, you know, like different things like that. Like, I love when things happen like that. So that is interesting. Or are they all just nobodies? Have it just been everybody that they've been dealing with are nobodies? Because by the time that they come around, they're either crazy or they kill them. And I love that 
when we got to this ending, it was really like it sucked. And I loved it because I didn't want to see Kevin die. But between the three main characters, I was okay with Kevin dying the most. And when he got shot, I was like, oh, that's sad because, like, he, you know, he, he was damaged and he wasn't trying to do anything like the Beast was trying to do. It's just his uh, fight or flight response kind of thing. When Mr. Glass started dying, I was like, damn, man, I really don't want Mr. Glass to go. When they drowned David, I was like, fuck. Because David was the one that I was thinking to myself, if they have to die, David will be the one that survives and he just continues on. Or that Glass will survive and he'll start looking for the next person. I assumed that Kevin would die. And I was really like heartbroken when they had the whole drowning for David because it was like, you know, he gets validation of the fact that he's definitely got a power and it's definitely whatever like that. But at the same time, he does get to go out as a hero and it sucks that he can't like, you know, say goodbye to his kid and stuff. But then, you know, uh, the whole extra twist at the end where the cameras came into the play and then that way we can actually have people understand how superheroes exist if, of course, they don't just assume that this is all just trickery and CGI and all the other kind of stuff, because it is 2019. Uh, I like that. I like that we had Casey and Joseph and uh, Elijah's mom all teaming up, because now they're going to be like this coalition that are going to keep things going. And I left this movie feeling like I got exactly what I was hoping for. I wasn't disappointed in the twist at all because it wasn't overreaching for some kind of they're actually all aliens and it's what nothing like that no it's just that that's how whatever this universe is working with that's people do have powers and it kept itself simple and that's all we needed and that's all that I need out of this franchise too I don't need another movie out of this because as much as I'm interested in seeing how they can go from here. I don't need it. And I think that if they were to do another movie, it would actually hurt this more than help it. Uh, it's interesting that he said he ended this with, Oh, it was an origin story the whole time. And we're all just building to the idea of this new universe. And for the first time, we're not going to get a new universe because all these movies just, they try to make their own universes. And this is done. This, he has said, I'm not has put out there. I'm not doing anymore, and I own the rights to these specifically, so people won't do more. And I think that that's the right way to go. This was a story that built up the idea of a superhero and a supervillain, and then we didn't get the superheroes for 19 years. But in the meantime, we set up the other villain. You know, the the Joker to the Batman. To a certain extent. I mean, I guess you could say more so if David is Superman and Elijah is Lex Luthor, then the Horde is Doomsday. And that's a good analogy as well to carry on because Doomsday, to me, is a character that works so much better when Doomsday doesn't keep coming around. So when they killed off Doomsday originally, that was fine. If Doomsday never came back, that would have been fantastic. When Doomsday keeps coming back and they keep killing them and they keep making it to where other people can beat Doomsday, then Doomsday gets watered down. 
And if this universe were to continue, I think it would get watered down. And I think that people would try to make it at the X-Men series. And it's not X-Men. It's a completely different thing. It's just very similar. So I loved how this ended. Disappointed and sad about David. But at the same time, I'm supposed to be because he was the good guy, you know? And I like that to a certain extent. You can't justify the fact that Elijah is not a horrible person. But to a certain extent, you're happy to see him get his way at the end. And as much as you can't go against the idea that Kevin killed at least three people. No, at least four, if not five or six or seven or eight people or so. But you know that he killed two girls in the first movie and his therapist. And you know that he killed the uh, Daryl or Pierce, whichever the one orderly was. Uh, So he's killed a couple of people and that's a horrible thing. But he has had that mental damage. So you feel sad for him and, you know, sympathetic all the way through. So I loved it. I recommend the hell out of it if you have not seen it. And it's definitely a hit for me. Uh, This makes me go, okay, we've gotten three rock solid M. Night movies. And one that was a decent idea with the uh, Sixth Sense. And the rest of them were duds, but I'm willing to check out his next thing now. And hopefully it's going to be just as good. So, major thumbs up. Big fan of the movie. It's already going to go on my list for potential picks for the end of the year awards. For, you know, favorite performances and favorite a lot of things like that. And just have to see how many other things come in and try to take it out of that list. But, yeah, I really, really enjoyed this a lot. So... Big old thumbs up, big old hit for me. And I want to know what you have to say about this movie. What are the pluses? What are the minuses? Pros, the cons, whatever you want to call it, the highlights and low points. And anything else that you want to chime in on, just drop them in the comments below on YouTube or on the Facebook page or whatever the hell else you know you're listening to this on. And uh make sure that you also hit that subscribe button on YouTube and ring that little bell for the notifications. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Check out the Patreon if you want to see more from Fanboys Anonymous, because the more support that Fanboys has, the more that I can actually do these things and dedicate the time to it, especially when you want to see more things that aren't just movie reviews and stuff, so keep that in mind. There's also the Tee Public and Redbubble shops if you want to pick up some merchandise, and if you are interested on the uh, pro wrestling side of things that I do, it's Markout Moment. And whatever else is happening, you just start clicking around. You'll find all my thoughts and opinions on a multitude of different platforms. So I want to just thank you all for listening to this, everybody, and for all of your support, whether it's a like, a share, a favorite, uh, whatever the case may be. Thanks for checking this out, and I will see you next time, everybody. It's time for me to geek out. Adios.